Time is 7.26 right now. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning, morning. Blake. How you doing? Good. Lots of headlines to cover this morning. I saw you gave me a little preview. What is happening? What is going on? So there's so much uh, actually that's happening. And in fact... There's a few that I left off the list, but anyway, let's get started. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we have a special visitor that is coming to the Cayman Islands. So um, she arrives, today's Wednesday, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got a UK minister for the Foreign and Commonwealth Office that will be visiting us. Um, her name is Amanda Milling, and she will be here for a few days, um, for three days, meeting with <clears throat> the premier cabinet members the leader of the opposition and uh, senior stakeholders in government, as well as the governor, uh, the um, Honorable Martin Roper. So this is her first time visiting the Cayman Islands, and she is responsible for the UK's Foreign and Commonwealth um, Development Office. Okay. So. Is, there, is there a special reason she's coming? or I think just to visit. Just to have a little visit because it's, okay, so, it's in exactly. Ireland. First, yeah, this is her first visit to the region. And it's wintertime. Uh, yeah. So, so sounds like a good time to go visit. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, she'll hear a little bit about our COVID-19 efforts and what we've been able to do in terms of that. So I think everybody's looking forward to seeing her. Yeah. I saw on your, uh, I, I saw it's, uh, it's newsworthy. One in 12 people in isolation in the Cayman Islands right now. 6,000 people being reported. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I think at the press conference on, when was that, last week, uh, mm-hmm. we moving to phase five, the premier did say that uh, to, in response to media question that, listen, yes, um, you know, he's very much aware that the numbers are high in terms of the numbers of infections, much higher than they would want. But, um, you know, they still move forward and remain hopeful because the actual numbers of people who are hospitalized and yeah. needing any sort of care remains uh, relatively low. So symptoms, yeah, it's, it's a lot of are mild. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people who are um, in isolation at the moment. And yeah, I, I suspect it's, you know, it's even more people who are um, infected, but either don't know it or, you know, they're not following the isolation protocols. So of course, the respective agencies wouldn't know it either. Well, that's it. If you're asymptomatic and, and uh, you may not even know you have it, and why, why would you report it if you don't know? You know. Yeah, I mean, and there's yeah. some people who know who just are like, mm. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, it's probably on par with the trends regionally because Jamaica, every at least every seven out of 10 people, which is over 70% wow. of their population actually is COVID positive. Wow. So, yeah, it's, and that's over 3 million people. So, yeah, it's, no. it's pretty crazy, I think, all over the world. At one point last week, the U.S. numbers were something like 800,000 per day of new infections. So the Omicron variant is definitely um, you know, a super spreader variant. It has been infecting a lot of individuals. You know, we actually did a story over the weekend where a lady in the U.S. has caught COVID four times. Um, she is a nursing student. Uh, she actually mm-hmm. caught it the first time when she was working as a waitress. And um, since then, she's caught it three more times. And I was having to think about this. And I started speaking to some people in the community. And now I understand that there's some people here who've had it two or three times. Wow. I know one person I've heard um, 
who works for a government uh, agency who's now had it three times. She's in her third isolation stint. Well, one of your headlines is uh, kids' vaccines. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, so this is interesting. Uh, yesterday, we had a, a brief Zoom session with um, Dr. Um, Attila Newton, who's the interim chief mm -hmm. officer and some others from the HSA. And you know, the question keeps coming up. Parents said, well, I wanna vaccinate my five to 11 year old, but they're not necessarily high risk. Why is that in place? And when are we gonna open that up? So she finally explained it. And I was quite happy to um, at least hear a logical explanation. So essentially what it is, is um, apparently two reasons why. Number one, we're actually using the vaccine for the adult dosage. And so children, um, I did a bit of research on this after she mentioned it, there's actually, it's a completely separate product for children, separate packaging, separate dosage, everything. And we do not yet have uh, that available to us. So um, until that becomes available, then um, we will have to wait and see. So that was reason number one. And then the second reason is that the UK's Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization has at this time only advised that high risk or vulnerable children receive the vaccine. Mm. So um, <clears throat> that is subject to change and they're supposed to be meeting about in the next week or so to review it again. So in other jurisdictions, it has been uh, fully approved but in this jurisdiction, um, falling under the UK's remit, not yet. Wow. Right. Uh, finally, you have a headline about a BA flight. What's happening there? So I got a phone call yesterday from someone who's on a British Airways flight. Mm -hmm. And um, they were like, listen, <laughs> you know, we were told to call you, Sandy, your only hope. Uh, we're actually stuck in the Bahamas. So they were dropped off um, in the Bahamas. The plane left them there because one of the maintenance crew um, has actually tested positive for COVID. He's unavailable to, I guess, fulfill his duties. So they were actually hoping that um, they could send a plane, a Cayman Airways plane for them to, to rescue them, but I, I'm not sure. Wait, I'm confused. So they, uh, they were on the BA flight from London. They stopped in the Bahamas mm -hmm. and, what, and then what happened? Well, basically they were, um, left there. They've given them accommodations, obviously, and I guess probably a food voucher of some sort. Um, but yeah, they're not, uh, they're not. And why were they, why were they left there? Because one of them they, is possible. They said the maintenance guy had some issue with COVID and he was unable to fulfill his duties um, as, as maintenance. On the plane? Yep. Okay. So, so there had to be more than just two people that were stranded then. I'm guessing. Yes. 80 people. Oh, 80. Oh, gotcha. The entire flight of, of individuals. What? So yeah. Down to one guy? Yeah, one, maintenance, yeah. one maintenance guy? <laughs> was there an yeah. issue with the plane? Uh, no, the plane left. And did it come here? Um, no, that's that's the whole thing. They were supposed to come here. But unfortunately, um, the plane left them in the Bahamas. So they're stranded in the Bahamas until Thursday when the next plane goes there. What? I mean, it's not terrible. You're in the Bahamas. So hopefully... Well, Hopefully they put yeah, them up. They have to stay. I'm sure they can't go out and about and and have a a vacation, but you know, um, they were definitely not happy about it, and that's why. Um, that seems weird. If the plane left, uh, why would the plane leave? If, it was, if the plane was fine, it would just bring the people here. It seems like a yeah. seems like there's more to the story. I don't know what it is. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, that's what they were told. Um, they said that they kind of found it unusual. Um, mm. And, you know, they, they were not necessarily um, pleased with the response. And they were saying that the hotel isn't the best. And, you know, they had a number of complaints, essentially. And they were saying, let us out. Call oh. Cayman Airways. And Cayman Airways is like, uh, hmm, <laughs> that's yeah. not really our responsibility. Yeah, not our circus. Uh, not our flight. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I guess they're going to be stuck there, unfortunately, until um, until Thursday. I, unfortunately, could not even do anything with this. Now, this brings up questions in terms of their, um, you know, what happens to them with testing? Because, you know, there's supposed to test 24 hours before arrival and mm -hmm. they all have to redo that. Now, we understand that some guidance has been provided by Travel um, Cayman, I guess, via public health, but they weren't able to tell us uh you know, what the guidance actually was. So it doesn't sound like they put them up at, at uh, the Atlantis. They're not at the Atlantis then? No. no? Luxury accommodations? Nope. Oh, we man. Lucky. All right, Sandy. Uh, well, that's a terrible story. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't a lot of fun for them. <laughs> um, so, sorry. <laughs> All right, well. All should, stories are. are you should call BA and see if you can get a, a statement from them. Um, we are waiting actually in the governor's office to provide us with a contact mm. for BA. So we'll see. Um, big shout out to the RCIPS. They have a new special um, constabulary commandant, um, Mr. Duggan. Oh gosh, oh. I just forgot his first name. Um, but his predecessor is leaving to go to the US um, to represent us in the North American region. He's been in the post yeah. for 20 something years. And mm -hmm. um, now, remember, this is the volunteer constabulary force. Um, and so Chris Dugan is out. Um, he's leaving to go on to, uh, I guess, bigger and better things. He's going to be the CIA government representative for North America in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. Yeah, pretty cool. Remember, from him is Arthur McTaggart. Um, Arthur has been with the um, volunteer constabulary for some 20 years now, over 20 yeah. years of service. So congratulations to both of them. I actually know Arthur. He's a really cool guy. And Chris is a great guy as well. I, I've known him for yeah. a long time. Used to used to work with Dart as well right. for for many yeah. years. And this is a this is a volunteer. Like people don't know this perhaps, but you know a lot of people volunteer um, with the RCIPS to um, you know just do their civic duty. So it's mm -hmm. All right, we'll catch CMR right now on YouTube and Facebook, and we'll see you tomorrow morning for tomorrow's headlines. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andy. And okay, our segment with uh, CMR brought to you exclusively by Dr. All right, folks. Um, that is Blake and Aaron with uh, just Blake being in the studio. So good morning to everyone. Um, I was just having a look at something here. I needed to fix something on the website real quick. Um, see a little issue that I think someone misunderstood. Instructions. Um, so um, let's do our <clears throat> let's do our uh, morning jingle, and uh, we shall kick off the show. Good morning to everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. 
You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. So good morning, good morning, everyone. How are you guys? Let us have a look at what is going on. <clears throat> oh my goodness, good morning, Shani. Good morning, Carmelie. Good morning, Virtuous. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Shani giving her cuz Naz a shout out. 
Um, well, I don't know that he's her cuz, but that's his name, Cuz Naz. <laughs> um, is that a Facebook name? Uh, says, have you had your coffee yet? Get your mugs ready. Uh, they need to stop the exit PCR test, says Carol. Um, but then you would be letting out people in the community who are still COVID positive. <clears throat> I had someone say that to me yesterday. They messaged and they said, um, uh, um, uh, so help, still trying to help people chase up results. That's a whole other question. Got another message this morning. Um, so, um, yeah, someone called yesterday and said that they're hearing that public health, I mean, public health cannot please everyone, apparently. Um, or at this point, maybe they can't please no one is a better term for that. Uh, but they're hearing that two people got out on Friday who were COVID positive. And I was asking for some of the details of what exactly they mean. And I wasn't able to really um, get any further response than that. So um, I'm trying to understand <clears throat> when you say that people are being let out who are COVID positive, uh, what, what does that mean exactly? So I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what that means, but they're not supposed to be let out if they're COVID positive. So I was asking for some clarification on that. I never, I never really received a response. So when people say stuff like that to me, I, I need to understand exactly what it is they're, ta they're talking about. Cause I find that oftentimes people get um, a bit of information and then, you know, that's it. Uh, and that information may or not, may not, may or may not be correct. And uh, <clears throat> when you start to ask questions, that's where the story kind of, you know, you can't, you can't uh, suss it out from there, right? And if I can't suss it out, then um, something is probably wrong with the story. So I'm trying to remember who sent that. I don't know. Somebody sent that to me a couple days ago. They're like, oh, they're releasing people. And I said, releasing people how and where? Um, so I, I don't know. If I don't know, I don't know. <clears throat> but I'd like to, I'd like some additional information on where um, people are getting that from. So they say, I know of two positive persons who were released on Friday. And I'm like, released how and by whom and under what circumstances? And now it's entirely possible. Uh, we know that they changed the, um, I guess, the regulations or the guidelines that they use for your viral load. So if your viral load is like a certain number, um, then they will release you, although technically you're still positive you're not going to be um, spreading the virus. So um, I think in line with what Carol is saying, they're not just letting people out, but they are testing you. And then if your viral load is within what they say is still detectable levels, 
but not spreadable levels, then it seems like um, they will release you and let you out. So those are two very, very different things. And people can remain um, contagious for a number of, you know, for a while. So even though they may feel fine and they may look fine, if they're still contagious and you let them out, um, I think <laughs> you're going to have more than the 6,000 people um, in isolation. So Larry, good morning to you. Um, Carol, I think you're putting too much faith in people to do the right thing. Uh, good morning, Barbara. John Levy's here. Larry says it's 25 degrees in New York. Uh, Lyndon, thank you so much for joining us. Alice has tested positive. OMG. I think it's going to catch everybody. Um, so poor Alice. Uh, I know you've got, you vaccinated though, right, Alice? Because I know you've got other comorbidities. Uh, tested positive. I think I was having a sinus infection and the bad coughing. Besides that, no more pain, no fever. So some people have complained about having COVID, um, especially this Omicron variant with a back pain. That has been one of the um, symptoms. And now people are getting it twice and three times. I heard a young lady who works at the court's office has had it three times now. She's in isolation for the third time. Um, it's entirely possible. Kevin mentioned his cousin now has it twice. And I meant to ask Kevin which cousin this was, because I think he had a cousin who was otherwise uh, very, very healthy. And um, the first time he caught it, had some kidney issues uh, that almost, you know, he had to be hospitalized for that. Because after, after they thought he'd gotten um, out of the whole um, after he'd gotten out of the whole uh, you know gotten over COVID and he thought oh I'm great I'm fine his organs started to fail and this is one of the things about this virus that we have to be very very careful of is apparently this virus does a number on your organs that is not good. So I remember Jason Brown, I have to go to court today. I've got a couple meetings this morning, um, meetings that are important with clients. And so I'm gonna be a little bit delayed to getting to court, but I'm trying to see if this invite is a phone call. Let me just, uh, this morning's meeting, let me just confirm it's a phone call. Cause if it's a phone call, I can, do that while I'm driving in my car. Uh, so a couple things going off in court. So Jason um, Brown, you guys remember him. He's the young man who um, his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or whatever her status was at the time was attacked uh, violently by him. And he um, body slammed her. Remember this guy? <clears throat> and he has had a long history of abuse with this girl and you know she had audio and video but this this is a video one this is her running in from him oh no this was him oh wait let's let's start it at the beginning here so this is her outside uh, in the early morning and then here he comes he's coming for her she's trying to get inside quickly and she can't make it enough and there he is grabs her starts choking her throws down to the ground beats the shit out of her 
Um, and then his friend, this is the friend coming to pull him off of her. Wow. Yeah, that's that's him. That's the kind of person he is. And uh, <clears throat> she says that he'd been stalking her and they had made up and broke up many, many times. And he continues to be uh, the kind of guy that will beat you up. And there's audio footage here of him beating her in a car as she was driving. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep your children away from people like this. Um, he is uh, unstable. He's abusive. And um, the next victim might not be as lucky. So he's been sentenced. He got sentenced last week. I just need to confirm the actual sentencing because I heard 10 months and then I heard six months. So I need to go to court and just confirm exactly what he got. But he definitely is off to jail. Yay. Yay, magistrate, whoever that sent him to jail. Thank you very much. <clears throat> he ended up pleading guilty to a number of things, including beating up some guy and threatening a guy and whatever. But, you know, he wouldn't plead guilty to the more serious offense that involved her. And I always thought that that was interesting. These guys are so unbelievable. So he tried to run her down with a car. And he wouldn't cop to that because um, I guess he probably knew his lawyer probably told him, ooh, Jason, that would be some real serious jail time. <clears throat> so he wouldn't cop to that. Um, so I don't know what they did with that charge. But anyway, what a hot mess. Uh, so he's gone to jail. Thank the Lord. Six months probably isn't enough. But <clears throat> good morning, Irvlin, Loretta and Larry here. Emma, thank you for joining Diamond Princess. Alice says, I was thinking it was my sinus because the sinus pressure and pain, but after came the dry coughing, no fever, no pain, and no other symptoms. Yeah, it's good to just, uh, I feel like lateral flow tests. Some people have this idea of what I don't know won't hurt me. So those individuals are not lateral flow testing, even if they suspect that they're COVID positive. The problem with that is, you're potentially going out there infecting other people. So I don't think that that's a good idea at all. Wee oui, wee, oui, good morning. Um, Shani says, sounds like they figured out that the other passengers were exposed. Well, this is the thing. Um, the pilot is gone. He's gone with the plane. So this is just a situation where um, the maintenance man I understand was the issue. And listen, these people are not, they're like this hotel that they put us in is nasty. There's like hair on the floor. It wasn't being kept really, really well. Yes, Shani, we get into more this morning. I promise you, I promise you. And I want to talk about realtors who are selling property in the Cayman Islands as non-Caymanians and work permit holders. A situation I think needs to come to an end but we're going to talk about it. Um, so yes. Uh, so yeah, they left 80 people in the um, Bahamas. We have um, not been able to get any information as yet. Let me just do a quick follow up with the governor's office. Uh, you know, they're basically like, listen, um, we, we don't really have anything to do with BA flight anymore. Uh, so I wanted to contact BA directly 
but that was proving um, difficulty, difficult. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, yes. So there was already a story done. I think there's a little bit of confusion about when someone gets released. I'm trying to find this story actually, but there was a story done about if your viral load is a certain amount, you get a release letter. And that actually happened to my husband because he had it and then when he tested at day, I guess what would have been day 11, um, he was able to get a release letter to say that although technically he was still positive, and he was one of the first because um, they told him to hold on because they were in the process of changing the viral load um, numbers and whatever. And so um, <clears throat> let me see here. I'm trying to remember where that story is. So this was a couple months ago. And they did change it. Uh, no. Yes, here it is. November 26th. So I'm going to send this to this person who's messaging me. So yeah, so they did change it. And um, so that's been exactly two months ago. So it is what it is. <clears throat> it's a lot to keep up with sometimes. Um, Carol says, after 10 days, you're not contagious. Well, apparently, there are people who are testing after um well she would have been seven days because they've now changed it so you're not in as long and she was still showing the same viral load that she was when she first got infected so there are some people i think that's an assumption and it's not always true there are some people who maintain a very high viral load and that makes them still infectious even at day seven eight nine and possibly even ten so I don't think that that's an absolute rule is a problem, Carol. And that's why you can't, you can't make public health decisions on something that isn't 100% absolute. Uh, good morning, Jackie. Um, so she never got his test results and it is day nine. Um, when did he test? So um, public health and the HSA are struggling um, to keep up. I think there's a number of different reasons for that. Um, and we've had a number of complaints over the weekend. We have reached out to them about this and they've said a couple things to us in relation to this. Um, the first thing they said is that they are doing about 400 tests per day. And um, I think, so they're still doing the lion's share of testing. And because they have an accredited lab, they have to follow a very strict quality assurance process. If samples are completed next to each other that have a CT value within a certain range of each other, they have to be re-prepped. In other words, they have to be redone. And they go through, during the, um, they had a press conference, I guess, I guess it was a press conference, but not open to the public. It was just the media with Dr. Attila Newton and others, and we were able to uh, listen to that. I'm actually going to play that um, into the midday hour for you guys because they did record it. 
And I think it's really important for you guys to hear, those of you who are interested in some of the more technical aspects um, of what's happening, um, to understand, for example, how many times they have to actually test uh, or how many different things they have to do with a specific sample. And, and there's one question, it was something like 30 something different activities with one sample alone before they could actually give you a definitive, like in terms of genome testing, whether it's Omicron, whether it's Delta, it's, it's not as easy as y'all think. And so for that reason, I remain um, very, very sympathetic towards uh, the Health Source Authority and public health who are doing the best with what they have. Heaven forbid one of those machines breaks down. I ain't trying to put my goat mouth on nobody, but I hope they got a backup machine because we'd be up shit creek real quick. Emma says 10 months. Are you kidding? Yes, honey child. That's all they got. Um, that's all they got. Or all he got. What's his face? Eh. Listen, I cannot stand a woman beater. <clears throat> and I cannot stand um, these men who are just absolutely disgusting. So listen, yesterday, um, very, very interesting topic. So I had um, this nutcase, uh, George Ebanks, reaching out to me. And um, I'm going to show you guys what he had to say to me in relation to yesterday's show. So he kept messaging me. And, you know, I, I decided to block him because I was going to start to perhaps say a few choice things um, to George. And then I, I thought to myself, I can't lower myself to George's standards. I mean, it would take a little bit more effort, first of all, for me to do so. Because he, he is so low in the gutter um, that I would have to go out of my way to get down and dirty with George. And it just isn't worth it. Who, who, who's George? I mean, this is in a moment of me thinking, you know what? He needs to be told about his behind. I'm like, who is George? Why am I wasting any time on him? Uh, something, something of firing between the ears, you know? Um, so I just, I was like, whatever. I really couldn't bother. But this, this was his response. Naz, don't worry. We're getting there. We're getting there. This was his response. Um, cause Naz, do you have a timeshare? Do y'all know the joke about timeshares? I'm going to fill y'all in about something about timeshares. My husband and I have this inside joke. It is so funny. But anyway, let me share, share about George and then we can kick off the whole timeshare thing. Right? So little George, um, he's all upset in his feelings and he thinks the way to, um, to get to me is to try to insult me about my physical appearance. Ooh. So this is what George did. He sent me this message. Um, he's been messaging me and I've not been replying to him since last week, Thursday. And so he continued to message. And um, he says, bye now. Look how he spells bye. I'm thinking, this dude is an HR manager and he can't even spell. Anyway, um, he says, did you allude this morning that I was married to, quote unquote, some Spanish girl? Look. You know nothing and need to know nothing as to whom I'm married to. Well, I know one thing. I feel sorry for her. That is the one thing I know. I don't need to know nothing else, but I feel sorry for her. And if she had any sense, she'd probably get out of that marriage of convenience real quick. Anyway, uh, you're skirting my patience now, okay? Ooh. 
uh, you big eye shrill with a grouper mouth. What's a shrill, by the way? Is that some other kind of fish? Um, then he goes on to say, keep messing with my name, you idiot. Um, who, who, who has this dude hired as a, um, as a HR manager? How many of y'all are using him as a consultant? This is, this is what you're getting folks. This is his professionalism. And, um, by the way, another victim reached out and said, Miss Sandra, let me read this one to you guys before we move on. Um, let me just see now what they sent me. Uh, they said, thank you for doing the show. Hold on one second. Oh gosh. Because they likewise had been, um, targeted by this man. And apparently there's a lot of grooming that goes on. So th this is what they sent me. So they messaged yesterday and said, uh, where does the conversation start? Hmm. Oh, yes. They say, um, hi, Sandy. Great show today. I love this section. I think you should snip it. So they sent me some video snips. Um, hi, society. People like George need to know what time it is. Well, let me be very clear. George ain't no high society person, first of all. And that's exactly what I said. So I said, poor him, not even in high society. Sad. And they said, by the way, to add, I know nothing about George. Met him at one of the pack rallies and was interested in consulting. Here are his messages to me. So right away, this guy becomes highly inappropriate with people um, in the most unusual way. So he was messaging this woman about, because um, she was interested in starting a consulting business. And then he's like, oh, you can call me. You will need me. You will need me as your Cayman partner, okay? Which I'd love. And he put the little heart with the arrow through it. And she said, okay, I'm not necessarily looking for partner. I would like to find out the profitability of a consulting business. Mm, I'm not sure he's the right one asked by that, but anyway, doing what type of consultancy you'll need a trade license. And he says, she says education consultancy, and I'm trying to decide between tutoring and um, consulting. So immediately he goes in. Um, I mean, I can't believe how inappropriate you guys get so quick. Like, is there no, is there no longer such a thing as trying to get to know somebody? You just go for the kill. Like, oh, let's just jump in bed together. And you're like, what the heck? So um, here he is. Says, happy weekend, hun. Oh, wait, is that the first one? Hold on. April, what? The date is November. Okay. Happy weekend, hun. Thank you. Uh, let's try meeting up soon. And she says, on what premise? Chat and laughter, question mark. And then he says, friends. This is, uh, are y'all so desperate for friends? The girl's not looking for friends. She just wanted to have a chat about a business idea, a consultancy business idea. Um, what do you want to do later, beach? I'm impressed. Because you notice some people when he messages people, these women are not responding. He just doesn't get the picture. The dude can't take a hint. I uh, wish I found you first. You can hold a meaningful conversation and your empathy shows. You care about this stuff. Bet you're a great teacher too. Ew, ew. My skin started to crawl when I'm hearing all these things. Um, says, yes, thank you. I hope it reaches someone. Um, it will keep it up. Consistency pays off and God knows. But I'm like, wish I had found you first as opposed to who? I hope it's not this same wife that you're going on about that we don't need to know anything about. I hope your wife is listening to the program because if she is, 
Uh, she needs to wake up and understand what she has married. And she probably should talk to your ex-wife if she hasn't already been subjected to the licks that are coming her way. I'm just saying. Straight facts, folks. Facts, facts, and more facts. All right, Ms. Joy, Naz, we're getting there. Uh, good morning to everyone. Uh, all right, so let's kick it off. Um, so I'm sorry, calling somebody names, um, grouper lips and whatever. Do I have grouper lips? Fish lips, beautiful. You know, the people who now pay for these lips, they go and get injections and whatever. So um, is that somehow offensive to you, George? Um, I could care less. And um, I'm glad that you don't find me attractive because you tried those moves on me and you might get a good Bruce Lee kick inside your head. Shani says, how is George even still employed? Well, he works as a consultant. And these companies clearly do not care um, about, you know, <laughs> any of his lack of professionalism or anything that he does, even as it relates to the companies that he's working for. So yes, as you can see, my response to him uh, was as professional as I could be um, in the moment. But um, I basically said, poor you. That's the most you can do is call people names. Good luck. Police will soon deal with you. Y'all need to start reporting George people and stop playing with this trifling fool. Um, he's sexually harassing people and um, the police need to know about it because they need to step up to the plate. Okay, so let's uh, move on and talk about Moritz. Ooh, honey, chill. I know y'all here for that conversation. Uh, Kuznaz, do you have a timeshare? How many of you have ever purchased a timeshare or thought seriously about buying one? Me. And my husband was like, are you crazy? He said, a timeshare is the world's worst idea ever. And I'm like, no, it's not. And I tried convincing him about all the wonderful things that timeshares have to offer. And then he made me watch an episode of, um, oh God, what's that show called? Of South Park. Oh my God, you guys. Um, they did an entire, it was season six, episode two, in case you have access to South Park. And they did an entire um, thing on timeshares, on how they get you at timeshares. It's always like, we'll give you a free thing and we'll give you a free weekend. Da, da, da. And then the funny thing about this is they would not let them go. Like, they're like, okay, well, thanks. Oh, we get a free vacation. Thanks for the free vacation. And they practically kidnapped them. So it's kind of an inside joke between us because every time uh, he hears about a timeshare situation, he's just like, oh, no, you don't. Don't even, he's like, don't even think about it. I'm like, why? It's a great. Uh, uh, uh. He stops me dead in my tracks. He's like, it's a waste of money. So um, what happened over the weekend, in case you guys missed it, is someone, there's some Moritz group, I guess, on social media. And someone decided to post, I'm just trying to find the post here. So someone decided to put up a post about this. Now let's have a look at what they said. Oh, hold on. So the, the post that set people off was this one by Stephen so there's some Moritz Tortuga Club group or something on Facebook. And Stephen, I don't know who Stephen is, but he decided to ask the question, why are you all, I could kind of hear him talking now, why are you all even letting locals in here? Why, why locals here? We don't want them here. 
Uh, lots of excitement, he says, tonight in front of the main office. Apparently, some locals staying here for the long weekend got into it. Husband striking the wife who had a baby in her arms. Lots of screaming and yelling. Police came and arrested the husband. With all due respect, because this uh, certainly does not apply to all, but as an owner who has to pay a maintenance fee annually, should there be a limit to the use by the locals who don't treat it with the same care that many of us do? Whoa, 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 Stephen. Not trying to keep anybody out, but does the Ritz offer local discounts? Damn. Wow. Does this not reek of superiority? This is... um. Oh, by the way, I forgot to send, I forgot to send, hold on, forgot to send my link to my, my, uh, what's up people. Give me one second. Hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. One second. Good folks. Cause I know they're, they're wanting to listen to the conversation too. Okay, let's see. All right. So, uh, yeah. All right. So let's break this down because this this is a little bit um, disturbing on a uh, number of different levels. By the way, I've just noticed in the show I've misspelled Moritz and I said Merits. <laughs> Forgive me for the typo. That would have been 1230 in the morning. I was tired. Um, so, Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So where do we start with this? Mm, mm -mm. First of all, there's some sort of uh, implication here that only locals get into altercations at hotels and make a fool of themselves. Mm. Well, um, let me, let me say this much to Steven. I don't know if Steven follows CMR. Maybe he doesn't. And he could probably do with um, paying attention to the news a little bit more. But remember when that local attorney who's now a partner at a uh, local law firm here in the Cayman Islands was arrested and charged and went to court and everything and he made it all disappear and you can't even find the record. The records have been sealed. Um, he went and uh, assaulted his wife, viciously attacked her in a hotel. By the way, a highfalutin, really nice boutique hotel, I think it was, in Miami Beach. So when I see a comment like this that reeks of, um, oops, not that one, hold on, we're coming to the others, that reeks of, oh my God, who are those locals and why are they here and the Ritz wouldn't let them in and um, this and that, I was like, dude, what on earth is wrong with you? Who, who the heck is Stephen? Where's Stephen from? Because he seems to be a little bit confused about a number of things. Now, the point I'm making is it's not just locals who have the propensity to violence and a husband who might strike his wife with a baby. I mean, listen, that's absolutely horrible. Believe me, you, that is disgusting. But at the same time, surely he would have to understand that there are a lot of people who might engage in that type of behavior. And this is the sort of thing, oh, by the way, Moritz has made a comment. Looks like they've taken it down and they've now made a comment about it. So we'll go and see what Moritz has to say in a second here. 
But uh, yeah, Stephen, who, who, who you is, who you be, uh, you know, this is the type of thing that makes you wonder. So Stephen Maddie is an owner, I guess, because he's saying he has to pay property, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Um, he has to pay, you know. Oh, he's changed. He's changed his um. He's actually funny enough. Changed his profile thing. So, yeah, it says here um, he's very active in the um, in the Moritz group. This is his Facebook page. Let me just show you guys. It's so funny that he has on he has on the shirt that says, "I dive so I don't choke people." <laughs> okay, Steve. Um, so I guess he enjoys diving and he must enjoy the Cayman Islands. So he's got a timeshare at Moritz, member of the Moritz Sartuga Club Forum since 2019. And poor Steven, um, I guess is a little bit in his feelings about things. So it looks like he might still be an island. He was here January 20th, so maybe he's still here. Anyway, so he witnessed the situation and he's the executive director of Pelham Children's Center. Oh, Lord, what a mess in New York. And uh, yeah, so Stephen seems to have some ideas in his head that apparently um, only locals get into situations, but then he extends it way past where he should have gone with this, right? He goes on to say, with all due respect, you know, somebody's about to insult you when they then say, with all due respect, because they're not meaning no respect at all, but they think that that's gonna soften the blow of the insult. <laughs> he says, it certainly doesn't apply to all. Oh, really? Well, that's great. And I would say it doesn't apply to the majority of locals either. But he says, but as an owner who has to pay a maintenance fee, should there be a limit to the use by the locals who don't treat it with it? So how do you limit it to locals? And does that not amount to discrimination? So during COVID, um, a lot of these properties were partially kept afloat by you all, because I wasn't doing no staycationing. I went to the BRAC, big shout out to the Alexander Hotel. That's the only staycationing I did. You guys were out and about to Moritz, this place, that place, having a fabulous time, spending your pension money that you got a hold of, drinking every weekend, partying every weekend, as though there were no monetary concerns about COVID. I found it so interesting how y'all could afford to staycation. Because they might have been offering a local rate, but it still ain't like free and dirt cheap. So, um, you know, a lot of you were engaged in keeping these businesses afloat. Lots of restaurants out east, as well as I'm pretty sure the Moritz and others benefited from during the lockdown having locals spend money. And the power of the local dollar became very evident because all of a sudden, Stephen, uh, for your knowledge, so you know when you ask that question, yes, the Ritz was offering local packages. The Kimpton was doing, oh, come and sit down or at our beach lounge chair for the weekend, and you can have a bubbly and rent a tent for five hours with an umbrella and poolside service or whatever for $500 or whatever the heck they were charging. 
And there were locals out there living their most fabulous and best lives ever. Uh, we even went during the COVID lockdown to a birthday party for one of my uh, daughter's schoolmates, and they had it at the Kempton um, poolside. And, you know, you could order your little food, your poolside food, and they had the inside area where the kids can go and do all the little fun stuff at the little babysitting center. That place was packed. And I looked around, I'm like, you, I, I was almost fooled into thinking that we were not in lockdown. Because you know who it was packed with? Locals. So Stephen, when you were not able to get here, whether you're paying your maintenance fee or not, um, you know, Morix relies on other people living at their facility other than just the time shareholders or um, owners who may only come once or twice for the year. It was the locals that were keeping them afloat. So you insult people when you make uh, certain comments. And I dare say that uh, most locals found your comment very, very insulting. What do you mean that you're not trying to keep anybody out? I think you are. But does the Ritz offer local discounts? So the comparison of the Moritz to the Ritz, I, I thought was a little bit funny. Um, but what he's trying to say, the point that Stephen is trying to make, is the Ritz is the top of the line, right? They're, they're the gold standard. And so if the Ritz doesn't offer local discounts, what are we doing it at Moritz for? Well, let's see what some of y'all had to say. Because trust me, this set off a firestorm of um, commentary. Uh, Kathy also made a very interesting question, uh, comment. Kathy says, I'm trying to understand why a local would want to buy a timeshare in their backyard, scratching my head. Or is was Moritz just advertising local two to three night getaways at a discount for residents of Cayman? Does anyone have any insight on this? Are locals buying for the trading power? If so, that might make sense, question mark. I mean, I would never buy a timeshare in Chicago unless I knew it had incredible trading potential. Mm, I'm not quite sure I get Kathy's point because you mean you never vacation at home? So she lives in Chicago, obviously. So she said that she would never buy a timeshare there because sometimes, you know, she would never want a staycation. Well, uh, Kathy, especially in a time like COVID, you could see why people might want a timeshare here and elsewhere. But isn't the point of buying a timeshare is that you get access to other properties? So that's where Kathy lost me. Because like I said, I went through the whole, um, oh, yes, Sandy, you need a timeshare. Come and enjoy the interview. Yes, honey chow. So I went through it. And the attraction for me about buying a timeshare wasn't even necessarily using it here. It was the fact that you got in the pool and then had access to all of these other properties. So what's Kathy talking about? I'm not really sure that I understand. Um, and what is wrong with a staycation in your own country? We often say we live where you come and vacation. I don't know about vacationing in, in Chicago, one of the, one of the um, you know, highest crime rates in all of the US. I'm not so sure about wanting to vacation there. Um, so I don't know nothing about that. But anyway, um, you know, I, let me just see. 
So um, the firestorm of comments continued. Let me just uh, read a few more of them for your benefit. And then we're going to see what the Moritz has now issued by way of a statement. So that was Kathy. Um, Josephine got into it. And she said, wow, these comments are upsetting here by the foreign owners. We locals should be limited. So we locals who kept it afloat can't invest in our own country then. Not saying that this kind of behavior is accepted, but come on now, don't discriminate us in our own country. Well, if you all know what I know, there's a lot of discrimination going on all over the place. So Lori says, um, I don't know what Lori, I don't quite know what Lori is talking about, but she says, bring sunscreen, lots of it, bring Pepto or charcoal if you have a sensitive tummy. We never got sick, but some do. I, I don't really know what this is all about. Bring hats, aloe, Yeti cups, rafts if you have to float. Bring a sun shirt. Of course, my kids wouldn't then didn't want to lather up. So first day he was burnt. I'm not really sure what, what um, Lori's going on about. She might be off on a tangent of her own about the kids. So I, I'm, I, I don't know. Lori kind of went off there. Um, and then they're talking about what they travel with. So... What are they saying that Kiman doesn't have any of these things? I was a bit confused about all of this um, here, and I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a dig at the Moritz about what supplies are available. So they had detergent pods, uh, seasoning, salt and pepper. I, I I don't know where this conversation then went because I'm a little bit confused by these comments and I don't even know if I'm supposed to be insulted by this or not. Are they saying that we don't have these items available? I, I, uh -uh. I don't know. Oh, they're saying it's so expensive here. But don't, when you travel, don't you travel with some essentials? Um, they say they actually packed two bottles of booze. Good for them. <laughs> Uh, okay. They bring the very bacon. Mm-mm-mm. somebody say, um, to tell Kathy that we have more than just salt and pepper. Eh, these people are crazy. I mean, legit. So there's more outrage about locals than the domestic violence is what this uh, commenter says now. And Based on WhatsApp, tell Kathy there's more seasoning than salt and pepper. <laughs> uh, uh, someone says, but wait a minute, wasn't that expat jerk from some time ago a Steve also? Oh, the expat association, whatever, whatever happened to them? Yes, wasn't that a Steve? Uh, I kind of think so. Do you think it's the same Steve? Because everybody suspected that he was in the dive industry. Remember that? Mm, honey child. All right, let's see some of your comments. Morning, Peter. Um, Cuz says I should tag him. Child, poor Steve. I don't have a timeshare. I don't want a timeshares. Marshall says they're a trap. I don't understand why people buy into them. Y'all need to go watch that uh, episode I'm telling you about. Um, 
Dallas says the question is when it was decided to open the island. That was the big question. Are we prepared for a major amount of the population getting sick? Oh, that's not about timeshares. Yes. Well, the open, we already had, that's a whole different topic, but we already had community spread before we opened up. Uh, Shani says we've been owners for over 20 years and I love it there. I especially have enjoyed spending time with the locals and have become friends with many since I was young. My only issue is that we have never been allowed to bring our pets. And from some of the posts on that forum, it is my understanding that locals have been allowed to bring their animals. Hmm. The cleanliness and wear and tear factor while we are paying exorbitant fees with different rules is my only concern. So Shani, let me try to understand what happens, right? Because um, I'm not a timeshare owner, so this is a bit of information. So you as an owner, um, I know as from my recall, you're paying whatever it is for the timeshare and they tell you all this fancy stuff that, oh, you get a payment plan, so it's affordable and you pay every month and then you're paying maintenance fees. So you're saying whatever locals are paying, um, now I need to clarify something. Are all units part of the timeshare program? Are there some units? Because isn't more it's also just a regular hotel? So are there some units that are available for people to just go and stay in that are not part of the timeshare facility? That's my first question. And my other question is then, because then that leads me to then go further. Um, are the units that you're paying maintenance for not actually the ones that are being used by locals? And um, if that is the case, do they have to get your permission to rent out your unit to locals or as part of like almost the hotel side of things if you're not getting access to it? These are just contractual questions that I have. Now, let me have a look at how it works, um, Moritz. Let's go to Moritz's website and see what we can find out. So Moritz advertises that they are a, there's the Tortuga Club, which I'm assuming is the timeshare, and resort condominium. So does that mean that they are more than just a timeshare? Well, let's see what their description says. Blah, 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 30 years, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Snorkeling, scuba diving, ocean views, blah, 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 blah. Um, pools and this, that, and the next thing. So they have the Londoner, the Grand Resort, and the Tortuga Club. So there's three different properties. Um, what is so funny is they say Cayman residents. Let me show you all this because boy, they were not just them. Uh, the local accommodation facilities were all uh, very much trying to get your business when they needed it the most. And I, I think you guys might remember me saying on here that, um, you know, during this whole, oh, let's all staycation together. I was like, mm, y'all might want to know how I remember how they treated you before the lockdown. And this to me has to be a meeting of the minds for these types of resorts, because what they recognize during COVID is there might come a time when the tourism industry, whether it's COVID or whatever is around the corner that's gonna hit us next, um, isn't as sustainable for your exterior clients. And you know, a lot of these tourist related businesses have interior clients who live right here in this community. 
So they go, Caymanians and local residents go to restaurants and bars. They staycation. They want to do a weekend at the Kimpton. Every time y'all celebrate an anniversary or somebody's birthday, I don't know why, but you want to go to the Kimpton and kick up your feet and then take a photo of it and stick it on Facebook. Remember when the Kimpton first opened? Nobody could get in tourists because the locals were the ones who were always there. Every function, every single chamber meeting, every single, you know, nonprofit organization, all of a sudden now has to have their function at the Kimpton. It was the Ritz when they first opened. Now that the Ritz is remodeled, I'm sure, you know, their sister properties, they'll be sharing the lion's share of that. Ooh, you want to have a posh wedding? Oh, let's have it at the Ritz. So they get a lot of, they get local business. Now, I don't know if it's 10%, 20% of what it is compared to the big picture, but money is money. And if you didn't have that 20%, that's a 20% less than you have. So you don't get to, to, in my opinion, treat your 20% customers like crap because they're not the lion's share of your revenue. And now that we start to reopen, I have already seen the shift. I've already seen properties saying, Oh, no more discounts, no more local rates. And all of a sudden, y'all complaining in these women's groups and on social media about, oh, look. And I'm thinking, why are y'all surprised again? <laughs> you are patronizing these properties because you really think that they care that much about the local property, local market. Now, if I were a property owner, as I was in charge of marketing at some of these facilities, I would start to care more about the um, the local market. And I would offer packages that allow them to come and enjoy your properties as well. And quite frankly, there is a degree of um, overt, not overt, of um, what's the what's the word that I'm looking for? There's a degree of what's the opposite of overt? Uh, it'll come to me here in a second. Um, racism or localism? I don't even know what it is. Because it's not always based on race. Sometimes it's just, oh, these people are locals. We don't want them here. It's straight up prejudice is what it is. So we're going to call a spade a spade today. I've heard of people, and they often message me and complain about it. They go to a property for lunch or whatever, and they're treated differently. They're treated like crap. Now all they be doing, I, I understand they don't call me anymore. They don't message me. They just name drop CMR. Oh, I'm going to go tell Maud Road about this. And then the manager's like, no, 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 no. Don't tell Mar Road we give you a free weekend. I've heard about these stories. And then y'all grab up the free weekend and don't be telling me anything. Hmm. Now, let's be very, very clear here. If they have standards of behavior, then when you go to these facilities, you got to adhere to the standards of behavior. So no, you shouldn't be going on a staycation and boxing down your girlfriend with the baby in her hand. That's That that behavior is the issue here. Whoever that dude is, um, I wonder if he showed up in court yet. We'd like to know. Because I don't care if he's a tourist from the man in the moon, from Timbuktu, from Africa, from, from, I don't know, Cuba. It doesn't matter where he's from. The behavior is what's egregious. But the focus on that comment, the issue of that comment is that it focused on him being a local. And then it went beyond that to say, oh, well, why are we letting locals here? But look here, 
Moritz is still pandering to locals. Says Cayman residents, East End is calling for your staycation. So uh, it's all the way at the bottom of the page, but still. Fun daily activities, they say. Free Wi-Fi, early check-in, full use of the amenities, poolside view. You want a staycation with us? So they got room rates here. You can do a studio, a one-bedroom, a two-bedroom, three-bedroom. Now, I don't know what their normal rate is. I don't know if they were getting $500 a night per room for a two-bedroom. But even if they were getting more than that, this is still better than nothing. That, that's what the properties began to realize during the pandemic. They had to shut down entirely. Remember when the Kimpton was shut down? Nobody was there during the lockdown. And then they began to recognize, oh my God, we're going to be shut down for a long time. This COVID business isn't going anywhere. Minimum two-day requirement. They talk about their COVID measures. You get you have to pay a resort fee, service charge, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, I think that there is room for everyone to coexist. But when you see comments like Stephen, it makes you very, very uncomfortable. So Shannon says, I didn't see the post where someone called another out in their ethnicity, but this is totally unacceptable. So Shani, let me break it down to you now, because if you're not a local, maybe you don't get this. And this is where we need to have, you know, just an open and frank conversation. When someone refers to, and we've seen some of these other properties, remember um, some months back, this would have been last year, we did a whole post about this ad that said no locals or no residents. And everybody was like, what, what does that mean? Right? Why, why do you even say that? And this was during the lockdown. When nobody else could be here. So we were very, very puzzled. This was this luxury villas thing. Um, we were very, very puzzled about how they could make such a comment. And um, what did it say? No residents or something. And so they called and they said that that wasn't their wording. That was the property owner. They didn't want any, any locals or any residents, uh, you know, on the property. And I thought, well, that's interesting because who else at the time the country was still in lockdown, who else would potentially be renting from them? It was very, very bizarre. And then that lady, I can't remember her name now, Juliana or Julie or something. She got all up in her feelings. She, she called me cursing me out, something fierce, by the way. And ooh, child, you know, I have a lot of restraint sometimes because my daughter was in the car when she was cursing and I, I, when you answer the phone, you know, the speakerphone picks it up and she had some words in her mouth like a sailor. And my daughter was in the car. Not that she would know what these words mean at the time. She probably still doesn't. But I was like, click, hung up the phone. Then she calls back again. because so I wanted to give her a minute to think about it. And I said, stop it. I said, let me tell you something right now. What you just did, called my phone, acting like a proper tyrant. Y'all want to talk about locals act like fools. Y'all need to see some of the shenanigans. And uh, cursing Karen, I said, I'm in the car driving and I have my toddler in her car seat. 
don't you ever pick up the phone and talk to me like that again. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter who's in the car. Don't do it. Because you're going to draw out a side of me that most people do not want to see. You know what she told me? She said, well, I put my kids on the back porch. So I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, you put your kids, because you knew you kind of curse me out. So you send your kids out on the porch. So you think it's okay for you to call me and say these things? I was like, woman, let me be very clear. Uh, don't, don't do it. I I'm trying to be nice here. Anyway, she claims that it was the property owner who made that decision. And property owners, if they own a property, yeah, they have a right to say um, anything. I guess they have a right to discriminate because we allow that here in this country. We have no anti-discrimination legislation whatsoever. Someone was messaging me yesterday um, about how people can't even, you know, they can't do anything. They, 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 they don't want to rent to people with dogs or cats or kids or, and it occurred to me that we have zero legislation when it comes to um, when it comes to discrimination in all forms. And so, oh, uh, Mr. Bill, uh, he's the GM. Oh, sorry, the vice president. Um, would you like to come on the show, Bill? We can send you the link and you can certainly join us uh, to have this discussion. And I think this is important. Like I said, Moritz has made a statement. We'll read their statement as well, because I can't imagine that Moritz would be uh, supportive of this type of post or attitude at all. And um, it is it is unfortunate, and I want to say this, when people go on vacation and they simply do not know how to behave themselves. And I don't care if you're local or anybody else. When you go to property, we, we've seen these sort of things in the news all the time. People go on vacation and they act a proper fool and they cause all kind of damage to people's properties. Um, Bill, here's the link. Just click on that and you can jump in on the show. And I mean, that's the kind of behavior that nobody wants to see. So even as locals, as Caymanians, as residents, whatever, none of us are here saying that the behavior, which should be what, again, the focus should be on, and not the fact that they are locals or otherwise, it is the behavior that is most egregious. And Bill says that we've had local owners um, for 20 years. And yeah, like I said, I mean, I think that people who understand how timeshares work uh, want to have access to the different properties. And there's nothing wrong with, by the way, vacationing at home. Morning, Debbie. Um, Naz, you're a bartender. She's, he says, Diva, I see you. So, you know, by the way, someone said to me yesterday, um, do you see me? I'm always logged in watching. And I said, no, because what I see is only the people who are commenting. Scott, big shout out to Scott, my favorite uh, sausage maker. He says, anybody can make trouble, especially booze is involved, that's for sure. But for the past two years, our local people have supported uh, businesses on the island, thankfully, and grateful for all business, both locals and tourists. That's the attitude. Hello, Mark. Damien says, I hear a lot of foreign workers like to tell travelers that they are local because working travelers that they are local because working and living in Cayman. Oh, you're questioning the definition of local. Okay, well, I mean, local can extend to residents, of course. Local doesn't have to mean that you are a Caymanian because nobody would know that unless you whipped out some evidence of it. 
So Bronte says, we knew that they'd kick us to the curb at some point. Survival time is over. Now, there have been some properties who have said, no more local discounts. We're open now for um, <laughs> for overseas folks only. And it is what it is. I, I don't think that that's the way to go. And I think whoever's in charge of um, their marketing should do better. Bill, did you get the link? I've sent it to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's, it, it is legit craziness. All right. Uh, Debbie, I see you. Johan, look at Johan. He says bigotry, discrimination, and a lack of respect for Caymanians is overt and alive and well in 2022. There are lots of people with no problems demonstrating their contempt for locals. That, that is so incredibly sad. Bill is joining us. Mr. Bill. Good morning, sir. Hello, Sandra. Thank you? you for having me. I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being willing to come on as well. Um, so I want to make it very clear that you guys okay. have issued a statement um, in relation to the post. And it looks like the post has since been um, taken down. So let's read the statement first, and okay. then um, we'll have your comments on it. So let's have a look here, folks. This is a statement. Um, Moritz posted this. It said, last night, um, Moritz was made aware of certain comments circulated in social media, which were not reflective of our beliefs. We stand by our local owners and staycationers, and we are grateful for the community's support during the pandemic. While misconduct and domestic violence is never tolerated in our property, it is also not an opportunity for others to make div div divisive, divisive comments. Every person, especially persons of differing religious backgrounds, ethnicities and sexual orientations are valued guests and are always welcome at our resort. We believe that by understanding a person's dignity and humanity through the lens of diversity is key to having a dynamic and tolerant community. And this is our policy. Well, thank you, Moritz, for clarifying it. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Mr. Bill, um, again, thank you for uh, being willing to come on and have the discussion this morning. Were you taken aback when you saw the kind of social media firestorm that um, came up? I mean, you were probably just trying to keep everybody happy at the resort. <laughs> well, truthfully, Sandra, I'm really more aghast that, that one of uh, the guests that Moritz would um, have that opinion, um, not only of the local population, but of the of a global population of how they're not inclusive of anyone. That what throws me back um, that yeah. someone uh, in this day and age can have that type of attitude. It, it is yeah. it's it's truly unacceptable. And if we are going to be a global community and we're going to be our brothers keepers, that we don't reach our hands out to each other and help each other and be understanding. We understand it was a domestic uh, a dispute, but you know something? Yes. There's, domestic, there's domestic disputes everywhere in the world. I mean, it, it's it's not just here. It's it happens yeah. everywhere. And you know, these people are in, these people. Their relationship is in trouble. They're in trouble. What they need, they need is help and understanding. I do not condone what the gentleman did. He was absolutely wrong, and he should pay the price what he did. But really, we have to understand that there are people with mental issues and there are people with rage issues and they're all around us. They're just, and we shouldn't, we, we need to stand up and not tolerate this kind of attitude from anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems that um, they were more outraged by the fact that um, questioning, you know, oh, um, why are locals having access as opposed to the act, which should have been the focus 
that there was an act of domestic violence and, you know, that the police had to obviously be called to the property and get involved. Um, it was, it was shocking. And I think maybe this person needs a little bit of sensitivity training. I'm not sure who Steven is. Um, but it occurs to me that sometimes people live in their little, little pigeonholes wherever in the world, and they don't get out, uh, amongst others, you know, Cayman has traditionally been a very diverse population, but I think in recent years, sometimes there's this polarization that's happening where you feel like you have to choose. Am I going to be in the side of locals? Am I going to be in the side of expats? And as you say, in the world that is supposed to be so much more diverse, there should be no place for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, we should try to be a global community as we have been for a very, very long time. I mean, Cayman has over 130 nationalities represented here. For our population size, that is a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. And yes. um, I think for the most part, most people get along really, really well given our differences. But, you know, once in a while, something like this rears its ugly head and it makes you kind of go, what on earth is this all about? So I noticed that on your website that you um, continue to um, encourage locals to come and enjoy your property and enjoy staycations. And you just made mention that for over 20 years, you guys have had uh, local property owners. Can you address Kathy's question? This is one of the, the posters about why someone would want to purchase a timeshare who lives in the Cayman Islands? Of course I can. Um, it, it, it is a bit of a long-winded answer, and I'll try to make it short. Um, but when you buy uh, a, a week or a, a multitude of weeks at, at, at Moritz, you, you have the option of joining the II, or the Interval International, or some people also know their sister competitions called RCI. Um, they're, they're vacation clubs and uh, who are involved in these clubs are Hyatt, Wyndham, uh, Marriott these days. It's, it's all really quite the big name brands. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're allowed there, you're allowed uh, and have the access because you get a points allotted to your week. Um, mm -hmm. And quite, quite honestly, that Moritz, because it is in a destination, a, obviously a, a beautiful destination, it, ha mm -hmm. it is a awarded a high point value. So then when they, they exchange out their week, they can go now. And, and I, you know, I'm not part of the selling process, so, but I do know that if I was looking at, and if I visited uh, Florida four or five times a year to do shopping, um, I would much rather stay in an apartment, you know, mm -hmm. and I can use those points to go for three days to say, uh, you know, to go to Orlando or go to Miami or go to Tampa. I can go anywhere really around the world. I mean, it's just not to, to there, anywhere within their network. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, you can and you can break it up. It's not like you have to spend the week. So these, you have this opportunity there to really travel the world. Mm -hmm. And when you break it down uh, these days, and I, I'm, I'm a traveler and I just came back from Miami myself. But even though there's they call there's maybe a pandemic, the rates are outrageous in the States. And, and you know, when you when you kind of break down what it costs you on a maintenance fee, we call a maintenance fee. I mean, it, it it's less than hundred and fifty dollars a day to stay anywhere in the states. It's just to it's just it's just makes it's it's so cost effective. Mm-hmm. And All that's right. why people. Yeah. Um, so we've got Shannon. Some others. Um, Shannon says, "I totally agree that locals should not be treated any worse." I think that the owners should not be left out either. I mean, I'd love to bring my pets. So do you know anything about this pet policy? Um, I don't really know what this is, but Shani's saying that, um, that I guess visitors coming in 
are not allowed to have their pets at the property. But um, if you go on staycation, you can take your pet for the weekend. Well, uh, you know, when the when the the resort was uh, formed 33 years ago, um, there was the rules of the association and the bylaws. And in those bylaws, there was uh, they had decided back then there would be no pets allowed. Now, when uh, we did go under pandemic, um, we realized that our the the people who wanted to come and see us, you know, would have to incur the expense of putting their 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 pets in a boarding uh, situation for a weekend, and 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 that's not fair. So, yeah. you know, we made, we made the decision uh, at the time that we would allow pets uh, and we have allowed pets up until January 1st. We still allow pets and they have to be mm -hmm. service pets. Now, we're not we don't ask for uh, documentation for service pets. Um, we've had guests come in from the beginning of the year and they've been emotional service pets. They've been pets and we allow them. Um, obviously, I'm a pet owner. Uh, I have yeah. a furry family myself. I have two dogs and two cats. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, no, I would not take all my animals to a, to a hotel for the weekend. It would drive me crazy. That's probably one of the reasons why I want to get away from them. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm a, I'm a pet lover. And I, you know, and I was the one who instigated and started that procedure because it's, you know, I, I believe that animals, uh, the companionship is important. And so we don't want to, we don't ostracize people just because they own pets. It's, it's, it's they're not pariahs, you know, they're just people who love animals. Yeah. I mean, like like anything, you have to you have to be responsible. Um, yeah. And I and I, I take Shani's point because I think at the end of the day, everybody just wants to know that the rules apply, and that's all we're saying too, is that the yep. rules apply equally to everyone. That there's not one set of rules for the tourist visitors, another set of rules for locals, or you know, there has to be some degree of equity um, in how these things are applied. Now, um, you know, I, I agree. I enjoy when I had my dog taking her out places because she loved the beach. I mean, she was rolling in the sand and going in. The, she wasn't too much a swimmer, but, you know, she'd go to the, at least get the feet wet and really um, enjoy herself. So I'm glad to hear that maybe that might be under consideration. So Shani has some additional comments. Um, she says, thank you so much, Sandy. This is one of the reasons I enjoy your show so much. Good adult conversation and results. And of course, my link keeps freezing up. Ugh. Are you on island, Shani? Um, I was gonna say, girl, get yourself some better internet. But um, but as you guys know, we're coming to radio soon, so don't worry. For some of you who are trying to drive to work, uh, that will soon be a non-issue because we're gonna be at eighty-nine point one. So super excited about that. Um, Shani also says, "Don't get me wrong. I love the locals. This is by far one of the reasons I don't want to travel anywhere else." It's so fun, but all of my friends and family say uh, they think of me whenever they hear about Cayman. <laughs> so um, Shani uh, really enjoying her stay here. Uh, Tracy um, says local hotels have to realize um, that it is the locals that recommend family and friends to visit. That's true too. And encourage other businesses and companies to host conferences or have weddings, anniversaries, celebrations. Absolutely. And I, I made this point as well. That whenever, you know, whether it's the chamber or um, Rotary, you know, they always have uh, fundraising events normally on an annual basis, uh, except during COVID. But, you know, they also have to have venues and, and for these different events and they will think about um, what venues to use. So I think it's a good policy for um, property owners and managers to be inclusive and to understand that the tourism dollar, if we want to call it that, 
isn't just about an influx of money coming in. It can be locals also contributing to, to a percentage of that as well. So Mr. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the program. We appreciate uh, your candor today. Well, thank you, Sandra. And I really do encourage everyone. If, you know, if there's, if anyone has uh, concerns or comments or wants to speak to me, you know, they can reach me at the resort. I'm there every day. Um, please reach out to me. Um, you know, uh, I, I've been, I've been in uh, on the island for almost 25 years. Uh, I've managed uh, uh, the beach suites for nine years. I was uh, in the West End. I was in uh, uh, the, the Marriott for a number of years. I, I've been in the hotel industry. I understand um, that what what has what the difference is and and how sometimes you know the expat community may view or or the visitors view Cayman. You know and what I do want to say is that, you know, as, a, as our vacation club, we have a very high percentage of Canadians who mm -hmm. work for us. And we're quite proud of that. You know, they really are the ones who drive our business. And, and I thank them you know, daily that I'm, that I'm able to, to have the ability to work with such professional people. I will tell you that I am honored and I am grateful that I have been able to make came in my home for a number of years and I love it and I respect um, everyone I, I work with and I and I am that I'm around. So I thank all of you and I thank you for this opportunity to speak to you. Yes. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, Mr. Bill. Uh, that's Mr. Bill Powers, VP of um, Moritz property there in East End coming to set the record straight. And again, they have issued a statement on their social media page as well, saying that this is a type of thing that they do not condone, um, that they encourage diversity and that's what it is. So Marshall says, uh, good morning. Um, says karma's alive and she'll get some of those ungrateful, but yeah, I think, I think her position since that phone call has changed significantly. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so someone says they're going to get some confirmation on the incident that happened because they don't even think that they were locals. Now, listen, here's the thing, folks. When you say uh, the word local, there are Caymanians who think that that word means Caymanians. When you say local, there are non-Caymanians who might be from, I don't know, Miami or wherever, who just work here and they're like, okay, I'm a local too. There is a difference in the mind of Caymanians when you use that term. And I think that sometimes that's also what creates a division is people don't understand how a Caymanian is going to think or feel about your comment. So when that comment was made, all Caymanians saw that as being, oh, they're talking about a Caymanian. You know, me, Bobo, TD. Ebanks from West Bay, Baden from Baden Town, Whitakers. That's what we think of as a local. We're not thinking of um, Mr. Diaz, who's working here on uh, an international. What's 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 the passport thing that tourism introduced? Um, what was the passport program called? Uh, uh, whatever, concierge passport or whatever it was called. So that does play a role 
right? Because you have to understand when you say something like that, how people are going to receive your message. And I think that sometimes we say things and we don't understand the impact of how it's going to be received. Let me give you all an example, a five-year-old example. So yesterday I get a phone call. Little Miss Gianna had a little something at school. And my husband's like, oh, we had a complaint from the school today about Gianna. And I was like, oh, Lord, what happened now? Normally, she's a very polite child. She says, thank you. And she likes her little hugs and kisses. And, you know, but apparently um, one of her schoolmates in the younger group had um, a little accident. So, you know, even if they're three, four years old, they might have an accident. I don't know what happened. The little girl had a little accident. She beat, beat up herself. And so um, at that age, they don't normally have a change of clothes because, you know, they go packed for the day and, you know, they're not like babies anymore. And so they had to find her something to wear. So they found her something, they put it on. And Gianna was like, apparently Gianna asked the child, is that the best that you can put on? And I was like, where would she even get such a comment from? But kids can say the darnest things, trust me. And so the school had a conversation with her. And, you know, my husband did the pickup yesterday because I was trying to run home to get some work done. And he called me because he wants me to have the conversation. Fathers, they're like, you deal with it. And I said, all right. So when she came home, um, first thing she wants a snack. Oh, mom, can I have a snack? I said, come sit down with me. Tell me, how was school today? What happened? It was fine. Da, 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 da. And I said, um, one of your friends had a little accident at school today. Yeah. So-and-so pee-peed herself. And um, I think she said it was like her birthday or something, which I don't know if that was factually correct. Because sometimes kids with numbers, she's like, well, she's going to be five soon because I think it was her birthday. So I said, oh, she had a little accident. Well, that's unfortunate. But then I heard you made a comment about to her about, is that the best that you can wear? What did you mean by that? And she's like, no, like, um, I was actually going to tell her afterwards, after that, that I liked it. But that comment in isolation is that the best that you have to wear was like, whoa, what is Gianna saying to this little girl? That's so rude. But I don't think her intent was to be rude because talking to her, I don't even know that she fully understood exactly how that comment came across to other people. So to an adult, we're like, that's snobby. Like, what do you mean if that's the best that she has to wear? So I, I had to explain to Gianna, we had a little conversation. I'm not sure how much a five-year-old brain has really processed what I was trying to say, but I said, you know, in that situation, remember you said that they, it wasn't even her clothes. She didn't have any clothes. So the only option they probably had available to her is what you saw her wearing. So asking her if that was the best that she had to wear when it wasn't her choice about what she had to wear is not... It doesn't come across as a nice comment. I said, listen, not everybody has a closet full of clothes because my daughter is an only child and I appreciate she has a closet full of clothes that she doesn't have to share with anybody else. And I said to her, not everyone is as fortunate as you are. Well, you can go in the closet every day. She changes outfits three times a day. Absolutely unnecessary because she can and I said, you know, there's some kids who don't have that much. And I, I don't think this is the situation at her school with this kid. It's just in that moment, she didn't have a spare outfit. Nobody packed a spare outfit because at four years old, you don't normally do it, right? That's kind of reserved for the younger kids. So I said to her, you know, don't, don't, 
think that you know a person's situation or make assumptions based on how they look because sometimes you don't know. Someone may not have on a fancy dress. They may not look a particular way because they can't afford it. Not everybody is as fortunate as your family, right? Not everybody has money to buy nice clothes. Sometimes people have to get hand-me-downs. Now, I've done my best to get her to appreciate the concept of hand-me-downs, although she doesn't have any siblings. We always donate her stuff. So she went and put on a pair of shorts today. I'm like, ooh, those shorts are getting a little bit small. And now that you're growing taller, they're too short. Take them off. No, 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 they're fine. I said, this isn't really an argument. Take them off and put on something else that comes down to your knees. And she's like, are we going to donate these? Because we always pack up toys, pack up clothes, and we make a donation. Now, just because we're donating clothes to people, that doesn't mean that that person can't afford their own clothes. Or even sometimes that they're necessarily less fortunate. I just don't think that clothes should go to waste. And if you have a smaller child uh, than mine, I've donated outfits that have never been worn. Because Gianna at that time was not into shorts or she was not into skirts. And she just wouldn't wear them and they literally slapped the tag on them. And so I say to her, let's go through your stuff. See what you can no longer wear. See what you, you know, donate stuff. Be a giver in life. We help other people. We donate food. We donate toys because you have too many. You only need one set of pepper pig toys. You don't need five. You know, um, so I'm trying to teach her to be more sensitive and compassionate and to understand the power of her words from very early on. Because yesterday when she said to that poor little girl that she didn't, you know, is that the best you could wear? She didn't really understand the implications of what she was saying, but we still needed to have the conversation. Because even at the age of five, you don't allow a five-year-old to make comments that you don't address and that you don't say, mm, that wasn't a nice thing. And when you say that, this is what it means. And this is how people, how it makes people feel. It will hurt people's feelings. So Damien says, what is an example of local? Local is defined as a person or thing belonging to a specific town or area. An example of a local is a person born and raised in a town where she attends college from or in a nearby location. Well, this is the thing. Local, that whole definition of local is um, very, very transient, uh, just like the people who come in and out. So uh, here's, here's an example of this, the police reports. The police reports will say, oh, a uh, West Bay man committed murder. And you know, y'all be like messaging me, Sandy, who he is, because he don't know West Bay. Who does West Bay man supposed to be? Oh, he lives in West Bay, but he's actually from London, England. No Caymanian considers that person a local. And they don't consider them being from West Bay. And I tell you, West Bayers get upset all the time in particular, because they're like, oh, they want to put everybody on us talking about they from West Bay when they're not even from West Bay. The police only mean that they live in West Bay. They are a resident of West Bay. That's what it means. Yeah. Uh, Deep Blue Sea says local doesn't mean local any longer. You have Caymanians running around here who can't tell you 
how to get to East End, much less how to scald Kunk. <laughs> but hey, that's the wicked side of progress. Um, Summer says Caymanians are born in Georgetown Hospital and both parents are true born and bred in Caymanian. No half and half thing here. So yeah, we do start to get into this conversation of what's a local, what's a Caymanian, what's not. And that summer, that may be your definition of a Caymanian, and most Caymanians will feel that way, or you have to be multi-generational, but I'm telling you, in the eyes of the law, once you have status, you are just as Caymanian as whether you're born here in a five generations. Now, I know Caymanians don't like to hear that, but this show is called The Cold Heart Truth. And so the law can treat you no differently for purposes of employment and benefits and scholarships and other things. And it is what it is. And at what point does a person become a Caymanian? I mean, the conversation can get um, very, very complex. And I got to tell you, I know of some people who are um, not originally from the Cayman Islands, don't have, um, thank you for reminding me of that. Um, they don't have this long lineage of, um, you know, multi-generational Caymanianism. However, a lot of those people are much more connected to the Cayman culture and community than you think. I see it all the time. Um, so, yes. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so it is what it is. And uh, let's keep the conversation moving. Marshall, thank you so much. So Anne says, can CMR talk about the problems we release from quarantine? So you got to be a little bit more specific about what those problems are. Uh, we talked about the overwhelming number of testing that the HSA is having to do. Um, so is that the issue? So while we're talking about this conversation of um, Caymanians and properties, all this sort of stuff. Let's talk some numbers as it relates to real estate agents. So I have a number of people who keep saying to me, why is it, Sandy, that we are taking out um, work permits for people who are in um, real estate? And I've received some documentation here of the numbers of people and i think this is a page one and a page two yes okay so we have one here here we go now occupation type cisco code property managers real estate sales associates and um then the number over the time period has changed so i've got some figures going back to 2012 of the number of work permits that were issued for these category of individuals. 
All I can tell you is pretty much each year it keeps going up and up and up. We have, and this is where Caymanians believe that uh, we need to put a stop to this. Now, you need to talk to your MPs if you think this is one category that um, this is one category that maybe we really do need to have a think about. Uh, someone said to me yesterday, how is it that someone else can come and sell your property better or more than people who come in? And, and it, it is peculiar in a way. Can someone explain, this was a comment, can someone explain why we need to give work permits to people to sell our land? Do they have expert knowledge on selling land or more importantly, expert knowledge of land in the Cayman Islands? Currently there are 22 work, per, work permit holders as real estate sales associates and that commission is the easiest pathway to permanent residency. Hmm. Well, nobody should be surprised at this. And um, there is a possibility, folks, that this is one of those things that we may need to close the loophole for. Someone's at the front door. Alexa. Oh, okay. Give me one second. There is someone at the front door. He's early. So give me a second. Let me let the, let me let the printer guy in. All right, give me one second here. Let me get some background music for y'all. Yes, I hear, I hear it. I hear the front door person. Enjoy some music. good folks thank you for your patience getting my printer fixed today okay so listen um i'm of the opinion that this is something that definitely needs to be explored further i do not think that um anyone should be selling real estate but caymanians i mean it is what it is there are certain professions even in the united states of america that are reserved specifically um for Americans and you have to be an American citizen. And in fact, some jobs you have to be a born American citizen. They don't even want you acquiring it by any other means. Let's have a look at the numbers here. What are we talking about? 
And I, I do see more and more Caymanians trying to get into real estate. So we have property managers. Um, look at the years. There were some years that none of them were, were approved. 2013, two people got a work permit. 2014, 2019. Uh, five, all of a sudden, get work permits. One in 2018. Retail, or sorry, real estate sales associates. You see the numbers going up and up and up, 7, 10, 10, 7, 3, 23, 20, and then 15. Um, 2019 are the last year. No, 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 we have, oh, I have other figures as well. Hold on. So there is another document here. Let me just try to open this one. This is as of January the 11th, 2022. Oh, yes. All right. So um, now we've got 25 grand total, but I'm a little bit confused about these numbers. I think this part of this got cut off. Is there a part two further down? Oh, yes. So 2020 and 2021. So grand totals for uh, property managers, we have 13. For real estate sales associate, we have 132, equaling between the two occupations, a total of 145. So that is potentially 145 jobs that um, Caymanians could be holding. No shade intended whatsoever. But I agree that this is one of those professions that does not need a work permit holder. Humanians can sell just as good as anybody else. They know the history of properties. They know the topography of properties, of areas. A Caymanian is more likely to be able to tell you if that property is going to flood during a storm or what precautions you may want to take, et cetera, et cetera. Let's look at Sariba's website, by the way. Sariba Cayman. I know we at some point we got to have a conversation with Sariba because there is this feeling that they uh, really go out of their way to kind of ghost out Caymanians um, in this profession quite a bit, right? Here's their website, uh, Facebook page rather. And folks, when you have properties going for upwards of a million dollars, as this one person mentioned, it doesn't take long for someone to acquire the points monetarily to be able to qualify for residency based on even just the money that they're earning. Real estate can be very lucrative, folks. Right? And so the face of... Um, a lot of these properties, when it comes to selling them, is not a Caymanian face. And I hate to say it, but it is what it is. You go to a lot of these real estate companies and people tell you they've got a bone to pick with how real estate in the Cayman Islands is being handled. Can we have an open and frank discussion with Sariba 
how do you encourage Caymanians to be interested in real estate? And a lot of them are interested, but they feel like they're being locked out. And trust me, there's so many properties for sale. So big shout out. There are a few Caymanian women in particular, because it's hard to be a woman in this field, I can tell you, who ventured into it. There's um, uh, a few people that I, I've worked with, even for my own acquisition. And I only just coincidentally worked with female um, sales agents. How do we make this a more diverse profession? Ooh, y'all were going crazy with this. Um, with th th this one, they actually removed all the comments because everybody was like, what is it about this house that is worth a, a million dollars? No pool, no modern design, nothing. How is this house worth a million dollars? Y'all know the market came out has just gone berserk. Anyway, um, there's a lot of scope here, folks. And I think that when you see certain names pop up, like I don't know who Gigi is. I'm sure she's a really nice person. Now, William Squared, boy, they they a little bit on the greedy side. They be grabbing everything. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. Gigi, Nicola, blah, 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 blah. Not likely to be a Caymanian. If we go to an organization like William Squared, um, the first thing they want to talk about is a global concierge program, no doubt. And we look at their their employees. So let's say, let's see the team. And I'm not picking on William Square. You guys know I don't really like William Square, but I'm honestly not picking on them, but they are one of the perfect examples of what many say is wrong with the industry. Like you can't get more whitewashed and non-local than this. <laughs> Every face is like, okay, uh, Caymanian status holder now, great for her. Husband, Caymanian status holder. Uh, it's It's amazing that they came here as a police officer and a barmaid and have been able to take advantage of the Caymanian dream. I have no qualms about someone taking advantage of the Caymanian dream, but shouldn't it be Caymanians first <laughs> that get to take advantage of the Caymanian dream? And then we would openly invite everybody else. Caymanians are not greedy people. Who's George Davidson? Where's he from? Well, normally if you click on the profile, it'll tell you. And I mean, literally they come here off the plane and all of a sudden they're selling Cayman real estate. So he's a reality TV favorite. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Uh-huh. Now he's selling property in the Cayman Islands. Professional musician. Apparently you can do anything before you come into real estate. You can be a barmaid, you can be a police officer. And this is the beauty of real estate. If you're good at sales, you can become an expert. I don't know how long George been in TV, but all of his stuff here is about him being an HGTV and a musician. And he started his career in 2004 in real estate. When did he come here? Only God knows. Gigi, Gigi, let's see, where are you from? All right, Gigi is heading up the rental side at William Squared back in 2012. Mm -hmm. What's her background? Do we even know? Alligator hunting. 
Oh, I guess that's a hobby. Uh, she's originally from Bulgaria. Okay, nice. Speaks four languages. Beautiful. Settling in Cayman in 28, 2008. And she says that becoming a Sariba agent was a natural progression for her. Why? What, what makes her different than anybody else who wants to get into the market? A natural progression? Why? I mean, probably absolutely no reason. Just because. Simon. He is one of Cayman's most renowned realtors. That's lovely, but how did he get there? Hails from Liverpool, England. Came in the early 1990s. Fantastic. You see the problem here, and like I said, I don't know any of these people. I'm sure they're really, really nice people. Here's Krista, Gemma. Oh, Tara, one, one local face. Here we go, finally. Tara Bernardo. She's a rental agent. Oh, she, oh she's not from Cayman either? Oh, Lord have mercy. I thought she was... Oh, no, they, they were imported in as well. Wow, we don't even know who Caymanians are anymore. What a mess. Originally from Bermuda. Well, there you go. Came in 1992. Oh, yeah, the Bernardos aren't... aren't um, oh, oh well, never mind. Not a Caymanian. Uh, I'm, I'm saying... I'm sure she has Caymanian status by now, but you know what I mean. Angelo. Oh, that's my little friend Angelo. Wasn't he in the restaurant business? Wasn't he a restaurant manager? Yes, he was one of the partners in Eduardo's. Damn, everybody can get into real estate. Huh, what a hot mess. Okay, then. Hmm? Jean, who's Jean? Siebel. BVI. I mean, they're coming from all over the place, even other islands. Mark, Canadian. All right, Ontario. Hillary. I think Hillary's been here for a little while. The UK. All right. Anybody anybody on this page from Cayman? I'm just saying. Uh, Simone Miles. Okay. Office manager. <gasps> she could be a Caymanian. Uh, let me see now. Simone. Anybody know Simone? Um, maybe. They tell you where everybody else is from, but they don't say where she's from. So she's probably the Caymanian then. That's what that is. They don't want to say she hails from Georgetown because that just doesn't sound like, hey, she's from London. She's from Liverpool. Oh, Stephanie, here's a Caymanian face. Now that is a Caymanian face. All right. Join in March. Blah, 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 blah. Did, she, did they say that she hails from West Bay? She's a Savannah girl. Nope. But she's came on in. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I don't know what to tell you except that this is standard. And again, I'm not trying to pick on William Squared. Uh, it is what it is. This is this is what the face of real estate looks like in the Cayman Islands. And the face of real estate should be local people. Should be, let me rephrase that. It should be Caymanians. So I would love to have this conversation of how we get Caymanians interested in this profession. Y'all want to talk about making money and all these properties and, you know, you got to live the commission life. 
Well, literally you sell two properties uh, for the year or three properties, depending on the value. And your commission life is a-okay. Take my word for it. Uh, Anita says, morning, Sandy. I absolutely agree with you. Moya, good morning. Says this is one of the positions that should never have a work permit, as well as receptionist or any other entry-level administrative and laborer. Uh-huh. Uh, Damien says, so is managerial positions at resorts and firms. They are making thousands a month. Uh, Michael wants to know, when did things change? Because I always understood that to be a property manager, you had to be a Caymanian. So if that was true, uh, there'd be no work permit for the position. Well, clearly that is not true. It's happening. Sasha, good morning. Works leadership is not strong enough. Sorry to say, if companies get refusals, they can easily appeal and their refusals are changed. We need uh, Caymanian Sorry, we need the government to step in and strong arm work to not grant work permits for certain positions because work won't do it on their own. Well, a lot of it is now administratively done. So uh, this is where perhaps some legislation is required. Carol says, my friend sold her own house. I would say to people do that rather than use Sariba outrageous fees. Well, yeah, if you can get it done on your own, by all means. However, I must say, as someone who attempted to sell my condo on my own and actually eventually went through a realtor, um, there are some benefits to using a realtor. And one of the benefits is their networking connection within the system. So Sariba has, you know, a listing of potential buyers. They know who, who've been pre-approved um, and so forth. And then there's a lot of clients, a lot of buyers who will go through a realtor themselves to try to find a property. And they do co-listing. So although the guy who had my property, he wasn't the one who eventually sold it. It was somebody else in the pool who said, oh, I've got the perfect client for this property. And that's how it goes. Nona says we've become more like Americans, specifically require that black Caymanians be hired. Let's not sugarcoat this. There is too much discrimination. Good morning to Chris. He says, yes. What are you saying yes to? Yes, we need to get... Some Caymanians in there and get rid of these 145 uh, work permits. Mm -hmm. Damien says, and back then we looked at hospitality as a low degrading job. Look at them now. They own and have Caymanian status. Good for them. All wonderful persons. Well, I wouldn't quite go that far. I mean, I don't know who you're referring to exactly. But we have imported a lot of not so wonderful people. And just because they're millionaires and they sell real estate and they're in a particular position, Still doesn't make them wonderful people. They have a reputation that precedes them and everybody knows the reputation. So Damien, you and I probably need to have a conversation off record about why they're not such wonderful people. But anyway, 145 work permits. That's a lot of work permits. Now, do we have Caymanians that are interested in the positions? Well, let me introduce you to a few who are out there. Um, there's Kara. Hold on a second now. I think she's a McLaughlin. And Caymanians. Uh, this is where you need to now ensure that when you are looking for a realtor, you yourself can push these companies to say, you know what? I would like, a, you have any young, middle age, old, I don't care about the age, Caymanian realtors available to list my property. That's who I'd like to be selling it. 
you can request such a thing. And you might get a young lady like this young lady. I think it's pronounced Kiara. She's a realtor with Century 21. Big shout out to Century 21. And I remember when she first got into real estate, she's been doing it for a couple of years now. And she was on her hustle. I remember her meeting me and said, oh, Miss Sandy, you know, I'm going to get into real estate and this is what I want to do. This is my passion. I said, girl, you can do it. Oh, there she is working out. She's into fitness and stuff too. Beautiful young lady. Go check her out at Century 21. Another, here, here she is, another property sold. Matt Brown, another Caymanian that works, I think, part-time in real estate. So she says, if you need a strong negotiator, trusting agent, and a hustler, that hustle factor is really, really important in real estate, folks. You might show a property a million times before you get the one sale. And it is what it is. Oh, look at her when she was a wee little thing. See, she got another property under contract. Give Cara a call, y'all, 928-2190. Get your property sold. Good for her. Um, and there are others. There are other Caymanians who are, this is her. See what she says, a busy day in the office, being a real estate agent doesn't only mean showings of beautiful properties, but also admin work, follow-up emails, liaising with banks, market appraisals, and property hunting. I have a few closings coming up between now and February, eight closings to be exact, OMG, but the deal isn't done until those transfer papers are signed and funds are delivered. Good for her. You work it, girl. Um, thank you. Someone has reminded me of some others as well. Um, over at, uh, Mode Realty. Oh yes. They, they seem to really like, who, who is Mode Realty, by the way? They seem to really love to hire, um, Caymanian realtors. Um, so someone just sent me this picture. Let me show you guys saying that they have uh, a lot of, that they might be 100% Caymanian owned, really. Hortensia, Jackson, Stephanie Foster, Athena, to name a few. Good for them. Beautiful. Support locals. That's what I'm all about. Angelique, Stephanie, Athena. Who else we got? Hortensia, folks, this is fabulous. And all women, who owns Mode Realty? We need to be talking to them. Maybe they should call me to advertise and CMR. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, folks, this is what it's all about. Um, equality, but we know that traditionally speaking, there have been a number of um, professions that have really iced out women iced out minorities, iced out Caymanians, and that has to change, right? I don't like it, and I don't believe in that. There's no equity in it. So here's Mood Realty. Somebody just sent me this picture on WhatsApp. Beautiful. Contact them for your real estate needs. Uh, someone says that she only hires locals. Who, who owns it? 
She's a local girl, Athena Smith, single mom, left Trident to start her own company because she didn't like how she's being treated as local and she only hires locals. Wow, we need to be talking to Athena, child. Uh, good for her. Um, Colleen says, Sandra, good morning. I agree with you 100%. Uh, Rhea, good morning. Anne says, fees are outrageous. Uh, Damien says, and back then we looked, oh yes, we read that one already. All right, folks. So CMR is coming to a radio station near you. I think we've told you guys this already. I believe on Friday, we're going to re reveal the name. So this wasn't a name competition because yesterday y'all were messaging me, oh, make, make this be the name. The name has already been chosen. It's a DMS station. So we don't own the station. We're just going to be part of the team. And folks, check this out. Our numbers, this is just Facebook, just, just a reach on social media and Facebook alone. Up to yesterday, um, our reach for our Facebook page is 5.9. Let's round it up to 6 million. This is a record for us now. Um, I remember the first time back in 2009 when our Facebook page reached 1.1 million. I was like, oh my God, who is reading us on Facebook? This is amazing. I never imagined that one day it would be six times that amount almost. It's now at 5.97, rounded up to 5.98, rounded up to 6 million people. Get to see our posts in some form or another. And 1.8 million are engaging. So they're liking, they're commenting, they're sharing, they're clicking. Whoa, that's good. I must say so myself. We are shooting for the stars uh, in 2022. And we're, re we're working really hard to get there. Yesterday, I had a fabulous interview with Miss Rosa over at the Department of Tourism. You guys know she's the head of DOT. And um, you guys, listen, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes here at CMR interviews and content production. Uh, Jared was saying to me, I say, oh, Miss Sandy, um, content creation is hard business. Well, I don't know whoever told anybody it was easy. If you think even getting up here and talking for two hours is easy, I would invite anybody to do it. It's not as easy as it looks. Now, some people have the gift of gab and they'll talk any BS and you think they're talking sense when they're talking pure nonsense. But if you want to, you know, uh, be someone who is trusted by the very prisoners in this country, um, you know, you've got to be a sensible voice for the people. You have to be fair and balanced. And you have to also understand the remit of certain government agencies and what they're trying to do. And it's our responsibility to help them to get their message out there. So look at this beautiful picture. Is this not gorgeous? This was Rosa yesterday um, during her interview. And, uh, you know, I showed up with my equipment, conducted the interview. We're going to air it, I think, tomorrow evening. So stay tuned for that. This evening, we have Territories Talk at 630. So make sure that you tune in for that. And here is a beautiful Rosa Harris. And we got to sit down with Rosa for almost an hour. And we talked about uh, quite, a, quite a few things, actually. And I must say, folks, that it was a, a very enlightening and educational discussion. And um, I'm going to look forward to sharing that interview with you because you guys would be very, very surprised 
uh, what DOT has been up to, even during the pandemic, the things that they have been working on. It is a lot. Work doesn't stop just because the pandemic has hit. It just means that they are uh, facing additional challenges, to be quite frank. So big shout out to Rosa. Make sure you tune in for that interview, folks. We had a fabulous time. Please don't forget that this evening, uh, Kathy Ann Wilkes is having a meeting in the District of West Bay Central. So go and check her out. Um, I think she might be live streaming it as well. I don't have a definitive on that yet, but I'll let you guys know. And here's Ms. Kathy. Hi, this is Catherine Ebanks Wilkes, MP for West Bay Central. I would like to invite the residents of West Bay Central to the first community engagement meeting for 2022. This meeting will be held on the lawn of the constituency office, which is located on 37 Borel Street, West Bay. The meeting will be held on Wednesday, January 25th at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All right, so fantastic. Thank you so much, Ms. Kathy. Um, Shani says that's awesome. Congrats. Thank you so much. I mean, we're celebrating. This is our fifth year coming up in June. So we got to do some exciting stuff for our five-year anniversary. But yes, we're going to be in radio. 89.1 is the frequency. I'm totally excited about that. Um, Damien says true and no commercial breaks. Well, we got to pay the bills now. So that we will have commercial breaks <laughs> once we go on radio for sure. And we do, we occasionally throw commercials in here as well for some of our existing clients, right? So um, Carrie is also surprised, 145 work permits. He says, wow, that needs to end. It sure does. Um, but anyway, we are working towards the radio launch. Uh, continue to tune in, folks, in the evenings. Big shout out to Misha. She's doing the evening news, doing a wonderful job. If you're missing it, please go to the video section tab under our Facebook page. We also upload it to Instagram and YouTube so that you can get your news briefed for the day. So um, we're we're pretty much an all-woman team here at CMR as well, because there's Renee, who's in Miami. She's a new mom, and she does a lot of her regional news and so forth. So she's going to start doing her video clips for the regional news. There's Misha, who's also a new mom. She's got a seven-month-old. She's uh, doing news for now, but she's going to be doing special featured interviews as well. And of course, there's me. And I do have my my web guy, who's a guy. He's happy around the world. He's a guy. Um, so yes, you know, the face of CMR is uh, predominantly um, female. Oh, let me not forget our correspondence. I'm going to call him a correspondent reporter, Kevin. Um, he has, you know, experience at Cayman 27, works in public health, now works uh, at USF, my alma mater. And Kevin is always contributing and he does stuff in the back end um, to help us out as well. So it is a team effort. Uh, started off as a one woman show, but we are getting there, folks. Um, it's truly amazing. Over 48,000 followers on um, on Facebook. And then there's another 21 plus thousand on Instagram. And we're growing by the day, but it takes a lot of hard work. Like, I don't want people to just sit back and think, oh, this is so easy. Anybody can do this. Well, I'm sure anybody can do it um, if they have the requisite desire to do it. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm in the process of editing uh, the rules of video. I'm not a professional video editor by any stretch of the imagination. But one thing about this profession is you got to kind of be a jack of all trades. So when you don't hear me talking, that means that I'm working, I'm reading, I'm researching, I'm editing, I'm learning a new technique. I'm doing all sorts of things in the background to bring you a lot of the content that you see. Folks, it's past 930. Uh, need my printer fix. 
need to head to court, need to have a meeting at 10 o'clock, another one at two o'clock. So I've got client stuff definitely going on today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Ms. Moya um, says, I thought we were all of black descent. Show me one Caymanian that isn't mixed. I think we've had this conversation before. And it's fair to say that that is probably true in most cases. Uh, we just need to accept that we're very diverse people and, you know, it is what it is. Um, all right. So that's what I got for you. It is Wednesday and everybody still feels like maybe it's another day because of that holiday that always throws you off. It is Wednesday, January the 26th, folks. Have a fantabulous day. Um, work hard, uh, play hard, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmorrowroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 